and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Amen. Welcome, everybody, to the Remnant Call. I'm your host, Brother Frank. Glad you're with me tonight. And, uh, folks, just a quick reminder, if you didn't get to hear last week's message on radical faith, uh, you need to go back there and listen to it. Um, We are in trying times, and radical faith is what it's going to take. And radical faith is not always what you think it is. Radical faith is not always, you know, reaching your hand into the fire and that serpent, you know, biting you. That's there, or it's not always, you know, going in and living with the headhunters, even though that is radical faith for missionaries do. But there's another radical faith that is seems to be one of the most challenging things as believers uh, we go up against, and we deal with that in the in the last episode. I deal with that specifically um, because radical faith is for the remnant. Uh, it's a faith that believes even when it doesn't see. And so I just uh, want to say, please go out there and check it out. We've had a couple of great episodes uh, lately and another one on lost believers, folks, uh, and, and you got to check that out. Uh, there are so many people that are, feel like they're just wandering to and fro, and God wants to get us back on track. We are living in times that you cannot afford to just be meandering back and forth like the wave you know, tossed in the ocean. You need to be sure not only of whom you follow, but your walk that you are walking with the Lord. Well, I can't think of anybody better to talk about that tonight than our special uh, guest this evening, Brother Benjamin Baruch, and he has a topic that, well, it's not all, only been something he's been passionate about for years, but it's something that the Lord has been laying heavily upon his heart. So I am not going to mess around any longer, and with that, I'm going to bring on Brother Benjamin. Benjamin, are you here with me? Hey, Frank. I'm hey, here. brother. Glad to have you, man. Oh, thank you. Good to be here. Amen. It's been like a month and a half, and like for you, a month and a half gone. It's like you know, it's like a, you know, a best friend. You haven't talked to him forever. So, anyways, glad to have you back on the show. Well, thank you. It's great to be back, and I'm looking forward to tonight's program. I hope we can get through everything in in the one hour that we've allotted as the normal time for the show. Um, but it's going to be interesting and. Uh, would you like to open us in prayer, my friend? Absolutely. I would thank you. Uh, Father, in the name above every name, Jesus, Yeshua, the Savior of the world. Lord, there are so many people uh, that have got so many different messages. But, Lord, there is a message, the one that comes from you. And I pray tonight that as Benjamin is sharing what you have laid on his heart, Lord, that I know comes from your scripture and through your spirit, that you would help us to understand that there's a way to actually know from God what we are to do in this hour. And so, Lord, I pray that in the name above every name, that you will just, you will open our minds to the truth in your scripture by your spirit, that we can turn off all of these voices that are not from you, and we can turn up the voice of the Lord. 
I ask that you'd bless Brother Benjamin's lips as he speaks tonight, that he will simply be a vessel, a conduit, Lord, for you. I pray also protection upon his home, Lord. When you bring forth a message like this, Lord, it often uh, brings about attacks, and the enemy is not happy. And, and so, Lord, I ask that you would surround him with warring angels tonight. Uh, surround my home too, Lord, and the listeners that are listening, that there will be no distractions uh, from this message. I ask it in Jesus, Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Frank. And praise Amen. God. Good to be here. Um, I'm excited about this message. I hope we'll, we'll get through today. If not, um, we may have to go to part two. Praise the Lord. All right, let's start. And we're going to be talking about fasting, but we're going to be talking about a lot of um, truth. We're going to talk about some science. We're going to get into a whole array of information that really could be best described as knowledge. You are going to attend a uh, university class tonight. This is going to be at the collegiate level, um, although the kids can certainly listen in. Uh, you're going to learn a lot, um, and there will be credit given in the kingdom of God if you, if you put to action the things the Lord is going to bring forth. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's start with the book of, of knowledge, which is really the Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1, to know wisdom and instruction. And isn't that what we need right now? We need to Amen. know wisdom, and we need to find instruction from the Lord, to perceive the words of understanding, to, to see them, to grasp them, to comprehend the proper understanding, and to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple-minded. And there are so many with simple minds today, to the young men, knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase in learning. And a man of understanding will attain unto wise counsel. We're going to deal with some wise counsel tonight to understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We're going to deal with knowledge tonight. Through knowledge shall the righteous be delivered. Proverbs 11, verse 9. You want to be delivered in this hour? Part of God's deliverance for you is to equip you with the knowledge of what to do. And, perhaps more importantly, what not to do in this time. The heart of him that has understanding seeks after knowledge. This is Proverbs 15, verse 14. But the mouth of the fool feeds on foolishness. And the, the translation of that word, ivele, is actually to eat up. The mouth of a fool eats up foolishness. And, and that word comes from the root word of, and in Hebrew it's the word evil. He eats up evil, to be perverse, to be poisonous, to be evil. So the mouth of a fool eats things that are evil, eats for the purposes that are evil. Whereas those who have understanding, they seek after knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And that's what we're going to get into tonight. Praise God. And we will deal with fasting, brothers and sisters. But first we're going to deal with some objective truth 
surrounding the subject of our food. Woe to thee, O land, when thy king is a child. Yeah, we had a president that was much like a child. Thank God he's gone. And thy princes eat in the morning. Woe to a nation whose leaders have breakfast every morning. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 16 to 17. Blessed art thou, O land, when thy king is a son of a noble, an exalted one, someone who's appropriately in the place of leadership, and thy princes eat in the due season, and they eat for strength and not for pleasure. Woe unto the land where the people break the fast every day, and they eat for pleasure. That's a, that is essentially what Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 16 and 17 are talking about. The people who are walking under the wisdom and the counsel and the knowledge of God, they eat for strength. They eat in due season. They're not gluttons. They don't eat for pleasure. They don't eat for the dopamine reaction that the food causes in their mind. They're not addicted to their food. They're eating in the proper way. They're eating the proper things, and they're eating in the proper time in due season. And they are also fasting in the proper times and seasons when the Lord calls his people to a fast. We don't fast all of the time. Of course not. But there are times and seasons in which the Spirit of God is calling the true church, which today, really, if you want to talk about the true church, you're talking about the remnant. Now, there's also the church that has gone astray, and they still belong to the Lord, but they're not going to be part of the remnant. They'll be forgiven, and we'll see them in the kingdom, but they're not going where we're going. They're going a different way. And unto them, the way of foolishness remains. You know, not everyone can hear words of wisdom in this hour. Only a remnant can hear. Only a remnant is willing to consider. Only a remnant will search a matter out diligently to see if it be so. Fools eat for pleasure. And they break the fast every morning. They never fast. Foolish people never fast and pray. And now some people justify that. Well, I'm too thin. Well, do the science research and you'll find out if you fast properly, you won't have a health problem because you're thin. But people have all the excuses in the world why they should not obey the word actually the commandment of the Lord, when that's fine, you're entitled to all of your excuses, and you shall also reap the fruit of all of your ways. Now, I don't want your excuses. I had my own. I want to get rid of them. I want to reap the fruit of a harvest of righteousness that was sown in obedience to the Word of God, and that's what we're going to get into tonight. But the Scripture makes it very clear in Ecclesiastes there are two groups of people. One group are like children. And every morning they break the fast. They eat every morning. Well, what's wrong with eating every morning? Oh, there's a lot wrong with eating in the morning if the Lord has called you to fasting and prayer. It's called rebellion, and it's witchcraft. And it will get you killed in the time that is coming upon the earth. Other than that, there's nothing wrong with disregarding the Lord and eating every morning. You know, shoot yourself. And in the end, you'll want to shoot yourself. If you keep following, if your flesh is your master, it won't be able to deliver you. 
No, the scripture says the land that is blessed, the people that are blessed, they eat in the right time, the due season. And they fast in the due season as well. And when they eat, they eat for strength, they eat for the nutrient, they eat for the health and for the vitality that their vessel could be strong. Not for drunkenness, not for pleasure, and not for the dopamine high that modern food produces. See, our food supply, the processed food, and the junk food, and the fast food, and the food that is in virtually the majority of the aisles of your grocery store that's in all of these boxes, contain concentrations of absorbed calories, along with high fructose corn syrup, which is sort of a chemical creation that is actually very similar to cocaine, along with concentrations of sugar and salt, processed foods actually create the same dopamine reaction in us that cocaine produces in a drug user, a form of intoxication. And it's that sugar high, it's that rush, it's that feeling that draws people back and causes them to be addicted to what is known as the standard American diet. SAD, but real experts in the field suggest it should be labeled DAD, as in the deadly American diet, because the chemicals that are in our food are really not food at all. They're evil, they're toxic, they're poisonous, and they actually impair the clear functioning of the frontal lobe of your brain, which is the part of your mind that can hear and discern things of God. And these chemicals that are in our food actually are creating a fog. They're clouding our minds and causing us to walk in confusion. The food of Babylon brings confusion. Proverbs 30 is a prophecy of this last generation. And you can search out the message that I did in Proverbs 30 if you want to hear the the sum of it, or go study the chapter carefully for yourself. It's the only proverb that is a prophecy and was not written by Solomon. And in verse 3, the prophet writes, I have neither learned wisdom nor do I have any knowledge of the holy. And if that was, if there was one verse that could describe this last generation, particularly here in the United States, that would be it. Proverbs 30, verse 3. I have neither learned wisdom nor have I any knowledge of what is holy? Hosea chapter 4 also speaks of, of our generation, beginning in verse 4. Let no man strive, nor reprove another. So, okay, I'm not striving with you. I'm not trying to reprove you. I'm just teaching a message for the remnant. Anyone who's offended, please just turn the program off, you know, and, and find someone else to listen to. Um, I'm not here to strive with you, nor reprove you. For the scripture admonishes us not to strive in this hour with anyone. Don't reprove your neighbor, for this people are as the ones who strive with the high priest. This generation, if the high priest of Israel were to correct them, they would rebuke him. And that is absurd. Therefore shall they fall in the day and your prophets will fall with you in the night, and I will destroy your mother. 
My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, says the prophet Hosea in chapter 4. America has been getting destroyed by lack of knowledge. The church is devastated because of lack of knowledge. We're going to get into some knowledge tonight. And then I'm going to explain to you. It will actually be self-evident to you how fasting and prayer is the prescription for your healing and for your deliverance. And that's why the Lord is so clear in the scriptures, in the last day's prophetic writings, calling our generation, which is the most toxic and poison generation ever, because not only has our food been chemically altered, but the environment in which it's grown is filled with pesticides and toxic industrial chemicals. The air is being poisoned. The water is polluted. The soil is poisoned. The plants are poisoned. And the processed food has been chemically altered to actually operate like a drug in your mind, to addict you so that you have to keep coming back for more and to turn off the cognitive functions of your brain so that you become a more easily managed slave of the new world order. And then, of course, this chemical cocktail is then mixed with all the high technologies of the RF fields, the syncopation of sound and and visual images, all of it working together to hypnotize humanity and to anesthetize and to put to sleep the church to prepare the world for the takeover of the Antichrist. But the Lord wants to deliver a remnant out of this insanity. And that's the reason for the call to prayer and fasting. I want to talk just very quickly about, just give you a picture of the state of our nation. You know, it's, um, and this, these are excerpts that I'm reading from uh, an article published by David Kupalin, in the Real Zombie Apocalypse from Whistleblower Magazine. This was February 2014. This is just a brief summary of the current condition of the United States, and this was as of 2014. Um, A growing majority of our population is actually stoned much of the time. So much so, our nation could be called the United States of Addiction. 23 million Americans are regular users of illegal drugs. That's 9% of our population. And half of them admit to driving while intoxicated. And they are regularly high and on the highways. 59 million Americans admit to binge drinking at least once a month, getting plastered on five or more drinks on at least one occasion. 30 million Americans drive drunk on a regular basis. And 10 million more are driving high on illegal drugs on a daily basis. That represents over 80 million Americans who are either stupefied on illegal drugs or excessive alcohol. And over 40 million of them are driving on our highways. These numbers are so astounding, only a fool would try to argue our nation doesn't have a drug abuse problem. And, of course, the solution offered by the progressive left, the liberals in our country, they want to legalize drug use in in the 50 American states. In addition to the 80 million that are modifying their brains with illegal drugs or alcohol, another 60 million Americans are addicted to nicotine, and they're faithfully smoking their cigarettes or chewing their Nicorette gum, wearing their nicotine patches on a daily basis. 
And nicotine also affects the consciousness and thinking centers of our brains. An even more severe parallel drug problem is the millions of Americans who are also living in a permanently altered mental state from the prescription drugs that are used to battle depression and the host of other mental disorders that are now being diagnosed, invented, created by the CDC. In 2010, there were 250 million prescriptions for antidepressant drugs written in the United States. Bear in mind that many of these are long-term prescriptions that provide for free refills. We are a drug-modified population. The use of antidepressant drugs carries huge side effects, as do all of the drugs that are created by the big pharma companies. And the impacts are devastating. All of the school shootings are being done by children that are on these drugs. There's no talk of drug control. Everybody wants to blame the guns. But actually, the children are all taking these drugs. And, and these side effects are, are, are these kind of behaviors, as well as suicide. Every day in the United States of America, 22 veterans commit suicide. Virtually one an hour. And most of them are on antidepressant drugs. As I mentioned, the majority of the school shootings are committed by people on such medications. The attorneys for these kids or for the shooters now have created a defense argument known as involuntary intoxication since they, the, the shooter has been on mind-altering prescriptions such as Paxil or Zoloft immediately prior to the murders. The adverse drug reactions for these antidepressant drugs listed on the warning label includes mania, insomnia, anxiety, agitation, confusion, amnesia, depression, paranoid reactions, psychosis, delirium, hallucinations, abnormal thinking, depersonalization, and lack of emotion, among others. And millions more Americans are using these same mind-altering prescriptions, mind-altering drugs, without a prescription. Ours is truly a country that's living in a chemically altered reality. 27,000 Americans die from prescription drug overdoses every year. That's one every 19 minutes. And the number one prescription sleep aid sold in America causes people to awaken in a zombie state who in this state are capable of anything. They sleep, walk, sleep, drive, sleep, eat, sleep, talk, and sleep sex with other people without knowing what they're doing. In addition, we have 9 million school-aged children, mostly boys, on Ritalin to deal with a deficit disorder problem. Nowhere else in the world are 10% of the children diagnosed and on mind-altering drugs. A medical doctor named Robert Mendelson, writing in his 1979 bestseller, Confessions of a Medical Heretic, compared the medical establishment in the United States to a religion, with the doctors as high priests, complete with their own dogma, ritual, and sacraments. To a disturbing degree, he claimed what doctors do is based on conjecture, a guess, an impression, a whim, a hope, a wish, 
an opinion or a belief. In short, everything they do is based on something other than solid scientific evidence. Thus, modern medicine, with its pharmacological model, is not science at all, but a belief system. Beliefs are held by every religion, including the religion of modern medicine, along with their contrived illness, mental illness. When our self-appointed healers do not understand human nature or even the basic working knowledge of the complex science of human nutrition, when morality and sin don't even enter into the equation of how depression originates, and when we ignore the impact of the drugs and chemicals found within much of the nation's food supply and the drug-like reactions which occur from the numerous chemical substances that are found within our processed food, such as high fructose corn syrup, which I mentioned, a chemically addictive synthesized compound similar to cocaine. And at the same time, we completely ignore the reality of God's principle for our lives. We then compensate by creating our own religious system, and, and we create our priests to rule this religious system as pseudoscientific experts, offering us a drug-induced form of salvation. Is it any wonder that individually and as a nation we are being led down a path of darkness, the end of which will be our destruction? We need to turn off this witch's brew of deadly chemical cocktails that include our fluoridated water, mind-altering sugar substitutes such as aspartame, the chemical compounds that are in almost all of our fast food. You, dear listener, are being poisoned, and your minds have been subtly, chemically put to sleep. Is it any wonder that the church, the true church, for the most part, can no longer hear the Lord and can no longer tell the difference between a true prophetic word and the false? People can't tell the difference between the wide road and the narrow way. Now, many will dismiss the warnings. Many people can't handle the truth. Now, we're going to talk about some of the nutritional sides because in addition to the drug contraindications, which are devastating about half of the population, the rest of us have been getting poisoned by the food supply, brothers and sisters. Fast food, processed food, is really a form of suicide on the installment plan. And um, I'm sharing with you a few comments from... The work of Dr. Joel Furman, a, his last name is spelled F-U-H-R-M-A-N. He's a medical doctor, and uh, he's published a number of books. You can find him on YouTube. You can find his website. Uh, I'm going to give you some comments from his book, Fasting and Eating for Health. It's a brilliant work, and I would recommend it to anybody really wanting to understand the medical science behind fasting, why fasting is the most effective prescription and cure to so many different diseases and so many problems that we face and why our current food supply is so devastating and why we really need to change our diets. In addition to fasting, we've got to eliminate the poisons. But fast food, um, Dr. Furman's latest book is called Fast Food Genocide. And, you know, genocide is an intentional murdering of an, of an entire population. 
the science is can conclude it can lead to the conclusion that this is a genocide now dear listener you, you may not be aware of this but when ancient rome sought to expand its territory the romans were very smart they didn't conquer the world by being um, you know simple minded they were very sophisticated when rome would decide they were going to conquer another country the first thing they did was begin to trade with that nation or province, and they would sell that country beautiful, very delicious white bread that had the similar nutritional impacts of our you know, white uh, processed grains that have no nutritional value at all, but basically are huge sugar loads. And, and they would basically try to alter the diet of the country they intended to attack so that the people would end up like uh, Americans today. Because in this condition, uh, this population is virtually incapable of defending itself. So Rome would fatten them up and and get them on a diet that would leave them uh, apathetic, depressed, overweight, out of shape, and basically incapable of uh, repelling a Roman invasion. And then Forty years later, the Roman legion would come in lean and mean as a fighting machine that had been eating the proper food, and, and so Rome would expand its empire. The enemies of America have been using food. You know, when I was an um, investment manager running money for pension plans and for private foundations, I was looking at all the different uh, categories of investments, and, you know, I looked at the big pharma companies and I looked at the big food companies, ConAgra and, you know, the, the other main food companies. And I just could not understand why the royal families and the, and the wealthiest families in the world would want to own the food companies because the profit margin was so low, there was no dividend return. And it, simply as an investment, it did not make sense to buy control of the world's food companies. So I just couldn't understand why in the world would the richest people in the earth want to control the food. You could ask the same question of the media. The profit margins in newspapers and television and radio are not that great either. Why do the richest people in the earth want to control the media in addition to our food? Well, now that I see through a more sophisticated paradigm, I understand the purposes are quite nefarious. They took control of the food companies so they could control the food, so they could ultimately control the people. It had nothing to do with making money. So what exactly is going on in our processed food? And what do I mean by suicide on the installment plan? Which, that was Dr. Furman's quote. What is processed food exactly? Well, first of all, it comes in a box or, or comes in a package with plastic wrapped all around it. Fast food, processed food has six elements. It is digested and absorbed rapidly. That's what gives it its drug impact attributes. It contains multiple synthetic ingredients, which are essentially toxic poisons. It is categorically dense. You're getting overloaded with calories. It is nutritionally barren. It is truly junk. It is dead. It is nothing but calories. 
It has been highly flavored with sugar, corn syrup, and salt, and it contains what is called a high glycemic load, which means it shocks your system with a huge glycemic reaction, and it causes a dopamine release, and it's that sugar high. It's the, you feel good when you eat this poison, and you, you know, it keeps you coming back for more because you, become, you, you begin to become addicted. The average American diet is the worst diet you could possibly create. It is as if the enemies of America intentionally designed our food industry to destroy the country. In other words, it's a soft kill strategy, and it's working beautifully. Lives are being destroyed by the food choices people are making. As their people's health declines, they turn to medications, drugs, Big Pharma is there to sell them all of these synthetic drugs that will carry with them to further toxic shock and toxic insults to the system. Over time, these poisons cause an accelerating decline in the physical, mental, and spiritual health of the population. So people turn to the drug companies. One in five Americans today is suffering from a mental illness. People are eating themselves into dementia, depression, and mental illness. Our brains are under attack, and the poisons that you're putting in your body are the assault on your system, and they are dumbing you down. They also create the depression. If you eat these processed foods or these foods that are full of antibiotics, growth hormones, and glyphosates, and all the pesticides from the soil, and, and on and on, I mean, we could do several programs if you want to break down the detailed science. But these, these foods that are full of poison, they affect you. Your system goes into shock, and as a result, it stops functionally optimally, and you just begin to feel tired. You're lethargic. You're depressed. You don't know why. You don't feel good because you're being poisoned. It doesn't feel good to eat poison. When you eat the healthy foods... And when you detoxify your body from poisons, you start feeling great again. And that's the reason for fasting, because fasting is the only way to detoxify your body from the poisons that have been ingested into us, that we've ingested through the food, the water, the air. And that's the reason for the remedy which the Lord prescribes. One in five Americans mentally ill, suffering from depression, actually suffering from poisoning, toxic shock syndrome, and poisoning of their minds. When you go to a fast food restaurant to eat meat, they're grilling the meat, they're cooking the meat, they're frying the meat, and, and in so doing, they're creating carcinogens. Heterocyclic, let me see if I can pronounce this right, heterocyclic amines and N-nitrosemitic compounds which are labeled type 1 carcinogens, according to the World Health Organization, are in these foods. This is a type 1 carcinogen, not a suspected carcinogen, but a known carcinogen, like the type 1 carcinogen. Cigarette smoking is known to cause cancer. Eating fast food is known to cause cancer. A recent study in, a recent study in California found children with flame-retardant chemicals in their bloodstream. How did children get high concentrations of a flame-retardant chemical in their blood? From the eating of chicken. And the chicken are raised on bedding that has flame-retardant chemicals in it. And the chicken peck at their little bedding, 
they eat the little pieces, and so the flame retardant chemicals end in the chicken, and then the chemicals end in the children. Now, if your children have flame retardant chemicals and auto parts and antifreeze and mercury, methyl mercury from their vaccinations, if their blood supply is a chemical cocktail, no wonder the children are suffering from greater and greater degrees of autism. Everyone's on the spectrum now because everyone's being poisoned together. We built these toxins up in our bloodstream. They come from the food, the water, and the air. And many of us, we are eating food in which these things are intentionally being added, like food coloring, which is nothing more than another toxin. Two servings a week of processed food will scientifically double your risk of depression. Now, I have a brother that suffers from depression, and when he first started coming down with him, I told him, it's nutrition. You need to get to a qualified you know, holistic doctor, a doctor that can treat you nutritionally and detoxify you. Oh, he didn't have the money. He couldn't spend the money on getting healthy, and so now he's part of Big Pharma. I don't know if he'll ever get off of his big pharma cocktail. And, and you know, it's a form of, well, these people become zombies to these chemicals. These episodic high glucose rushes that occur from these foods actually chemically damage our brains. What damages our brains? Food that causes a huge glucose spike. And it also leads to diabetes, which is an epidemic. Of course, there's no known medical cure for diabetes. There's, there's nothing that they can give you that makes it go away. The only way to treat diabetes that will cause it to go completely into rescission is to change your diet. Because what causes these high glucose surges in our blood? Bagels, pizza, white bread and sugar, ice cream, candy, chocolates, cookies, chips, all the junk we were raised eating all these things that were produced by these mega corporations who are owned by not our friends brothers and sisters we live in a society full of people who eat for pleasure and who are at the same time poisoning themselves and thus they're destroying themselves in the process medical propaganda aside our adult population has never been sicker Diabetes, cancer, heart disease, obesity, autism, dementia, they're all increasing in this final generation at a geometric rate. In addition, there's a spiritual side to the problem. These are, this is a nation of people who can no longer hear the Lord and who can no longer discern the things of the Spirit. These same poisons that are killing us physically are harming us spiritually. So what's God's remedy for all of this? He commands his remnant at the time of the end to begin fasting and praying. And this is wisdom. This has been the wisdom of the kingdom of God from the beginning. Daniel, chapter 9, verse 3, I set my face to seek the Lord by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Daniel 9, 3. Put that up on your refrigerator. Put it on the cabinet where you keep your junk food. Every time you go to reach for a cookie or a chip, remember Daniel. It's a season to seek the Lord. Joel 2, verse 12, Therefore now, says the Lord, given everything that's happened, now 
turn to me with all of your heart and with fasting and weeping and mourning. And I tell people, this is a checklist of what should be going on in your life. You should be turning to the Lord with all your heart, and you should be fasting, and you should be weeping over your sin, and mourning and weeping over the destruction that's about to come upon our country, and weeping and mourning for the friends and family that are going to be dying in this judgment that's about to begin. And if your repentance is not producing weeping and mourning, well, that's a simple check. That's a proof that you need more fasting and praying. Believe me, brothers and sisters, if you dedicate the time, if you sanctify a fast, as Daniel said, if you set yourself apart to seek the Lord by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and turning off the entertainment of Babylon and putting the ashes of repentance upon your life, you will reach a point where you'll begin to break through the chemical fog over your mind. Your body will begin to detox, as we will discuss in a few minutes. And you will begin to see clearly through the eyes of the Spirit. And then you'll begin to weep. And then you know you're breaking through. The Lord says, if you turn to me with fasting and weeping, then you'll be counted among the remnant. See, the, the Laodicean church has been, they've been lobotomized chemically. They don't weep. They know 50 million babies have been violently murdered. It doesn't upset them that much. Actually, they'd rather not talk about it, mostly. They understand that children are being trafficked into sexual slavery, and they don't want to know what, how terribly these children are being abused. And they don't want to know about the animal Auschwitz that's happening in the corporate food industries where the animals are suffering. You wouldn't believe what's being done to your food. And you're paying for it every time you buy it. And we, we all just turn a blind eye, and we don't weep, and we don't, and we don't want to know. We don't want to see any evil. We don't want to hear any evil. We don't want to know that we are part of the evil. We just want to continue to eat for our pleasures, which is what Americans have been taught to do. There's powerful reasons to fast and pray, brothers and sisters. When Jesus sent his disciples out, they, they ran into a case where they couldn't, they couldn't bring healing and deliverance, and they brought this child was brought to Jesus, and Jesus cast the devil out, and the disciples wanted to know, why couldn't we cast him out? And the Lord first rebuked them and said, because of your unbelief. And then he went on and he said, howbeit this kind goes out only through prayer and fasting. There are satanic strongholds that we are facing, you are facing, your family is facing, the remnant is facing, that can only be broken and driven out by prayer and fasting. There's no other way. Now, the Lord ate with sinners, and of course the Pharisees were always looking for a reason to judge or, or you know, complain about the Lord. And so they complained, and they said, you know, why are you and your disciples, you're eating and drinking, why are you not fasting? John's disciples fasted, and the Pharisees fast. What's your problem? And, and Jesus said, you know, can the children of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom's with them. You know, I'm, this is a wedding party. And as long as I am here, they cannot fast. But the days will come when I will be taken from them, and then all of my disciples will fast in those days. And they shall all fast. Are we disciples of the Lord? 
there are Christians that have never fasted. And I don't understand that, but um, I hear this all the time. And I'm not trying to bring a, a condemnation or a judgment on you guys. I mean, if that's you, if you've never fasted, you know, that's just your, that's between you and the Lord. But seriously, ask yourself, well, why not? Did some devil lie to you and tell you that, you know, if you obeyed the Lord, that somehow it would bring harm to your life? <laughs> if you obey the God of heaven, it's not going to work out for you? You're, you're better off following Satan's prescriptions? Obviously not, right? So are we disciples of the Lord, or are we all posers? Are we all pretenders? You know, I think of the Black Plague, which is, by the way, going to follow again, you know, when the Black Horse rides after the Great War. And I think of the nursery rhyme, ring around the rosy, the pockets are full of posies. And the people thought that maybe the flower petals would protect them from the plague, and, and the flowers they used were posies. Well, well, posies come from the word posers, and it's to pretend. You, you're pretending to get delivered. You know, put some flower petals in your pocket. See if that protects you from the Great Tribulation, right? It's not going to do any more for you than the can of tuna fish in your cupboard or the ounce of gold you hid in your tent. None of those things can deliver you. You're pretending. Only the Lord can deliver you. Are we disciples of the Lord? Are we among the remnant who are going to be counted worthy to stand as the representatives of Jesus? That verse where the Lord says, pray without ceasing, you be counted worthy to stand in the presence of the Lord. Go read the Greek. It means to stand as a representative, as an official representative of the kingdom of heaven. Are you qualified to act as an ambassador for the Lord before the nations in what is coming? Well, if you want to be, then you're going to listen carefully to all the things the Lord admonishes us to do. I think of a dream I had a while back where I was in an airplane, and um, I had fallen asleep before the plane took off, and I woke up, and we were flying. I looked out the window, and the streetlights were going by the wing, and we were literally 10 feet off the ground, and we were flying over a major highway at about 10 miles an hour. And I could see the road turning to the right on all the brake lights, and the plane was just moving along at about 10 miles an hour, 10 feet above the ground. And I thought, you know, we must be crashing. I mean, how is this possible? I turned to the person seated next to me, and I said, you know, what is going on? Oh, there's no food on this airplane, he told me, and we all want to eat. So the pilot is flying to another airport in this same city so we can get some food. We can only fly this fast, and we can only fly this high if we want to go to the other airport. And I said to him, can't we just forget the airplane food? I want to fly fast, and I want to fly high. I don't want to fly 10 feet off the ground. I want to be at 40,000 feet, and I don't want to go 10 miles an hour. I want 600 miles an hour. I want to be able to get to Jerusalem in 12 hours. I don't want to crawl across the city and go nowhere all day. This plane was stuck, basically, in rush hour traffic. And, of course, the image there is, if you want to go fast, if you want to have the victory, then we need to learn too fast. But if you want to be with the people who are addicted to the chemically altered food, and you just can't give up your drug supply, you know, you, you might have put off the heroin, you might have come off the cocaine, but you can't kick the high fructose corn syrup you're just too addicted to that sugar fix. And so you can't fast and pray. 
you're, you're just wasting your time, friend. You're going nowhere. You know, you might as well just enjoy the few days that are left, a few months, whatever, a year. You're not going to be ready for this thing. You know, I one person I know, they were they were stockpiling, you know, food reserves for the apocalypse, and man, it was all chips and cookies and like. Okay, they don't understand. The prophet Joel says, "Sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders together." That would be a good formula. Put that on your post-it note on your refrigerator. You should sanctify the fast, not just fast, but the time has to be holy unto the Lord. You need to call a solemn assembly. That's a group of people that are serious, not posers, not pretenders, but people who are ready to get real in confessing their sins one to another and and willing to turn and do whatever it takes to gain the favor of the Lord in this time. If the elders will come, great, and cry unto the Lord. And it says in the next verse in Joel, verse Chapter 1, verse 15, Alas, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and its destruction from the Almighty, it shall come. Okay, I'm going to try to get, Frank, we got 10 minutes left. I'm going to try to compress the rest of it into 10 minutes. So Benjamin, I'm going to go Benjamin, back. I got a quick, a, quick, a quick thought. Is it possible that the next episode we could do a part two where you really dial in on the solemn assembly? Yeah, we can absolutely do that, too, if you want. Uh, okay, to so that. just don't, I mean, don't feel rushed. We can, we can pick up part two okay. next week. Okay. Okay. All right, well, praise God. So the Lord admonishes us. If you see the day of the Lord coming, that we should sanctify a fast. That means every one of us should be seeking God on when do I begin fasting and how do we fast, Lord. We're going to talk about that now. And to gather in a solemn assembly. Now, a solemn assembly is not a huge group. A solemn assembly is a small group of people. Because you've got to get real. We don't need another weekend of playing church. Okay? We don't need another Christian conference. You guys have already been to enough of those. But let's talk about fasting. Okay, fasting in conjunction with optimal optimal nutrition before and after can undo the damage that's been done in your body from the food and the poisons of the modern world. Fasting results in physical, psychological, and mental rejuvenation. And fasting also creates the conditions for spiritual revival and the tearing down of Satan's strongholds. That's why, let me tell you guys, when I agreed with Frank to bring this message, the war was on. As soon as the enemy knew this program was coming, it was nonstop warfare against me for the last 48 hours. Satan does not want you to hear this. He is terrified you might actually listen and receive this word and take it to action because he is in trouble if we respond. Fasting will bring about spiritual revival. And by fasting, I'm talking about a water fast only, but we're going to get into exactly what that means. Okay, first I want to give you just some information from a book. And Frank, I think the – I don't know if you put the link on – uh, the yeah. comment section. Oh, you, you did. Is that the physical Yeah, both app? articles are up there. I put them into PDFs. So they are up on there, the, the, the link to the research and the, the fasting tips. Okay, awesome. Okay, so you guys, be sure to look at the PDFs that are in with the program. Um, one of them is from the, a book by a Christian doctor. Uh, 
Tefalio de la Torre, and he was a Christian who researched fasting much of his life. He used it as a medical treatment. He cured incurable diseases. People who were, you know, recommended to have legs amputated came to his clinic. He put them on a specialized fast that we're going to talk about, and um, over a period of several months of on and off fasting, they completely recovered. And the the reason is that fasting allows the the natural healing processes that God has placed in our bodies to begin to work. There is no cure. No curative virtue in anything that is outside of your body, as in the drugs or the serums or the vaccines. Now, I know the sorcerers will all disagree with me. And by sorcerers, I'm talking about Pharmacon. I'm talking about the drug dealers. And on the word for Pharmacon, from which we get pharmacology and pharmacy, comes from the Greek word Pharmacon, which is actually sorcery. And these drugs are used to alter your mental state and thus it qualifies as sorcery now these pharmacon dealers would disagree you know to them the pharmacon products the drugs possess magical qualities to heal but that's really all a lie for the most part they heal nothing and they have terribly damaging side effects the quickest and sometimes the only way to heal and cure the body as incredible as it may seem is to actually go through a period of fasting which is what the lord is calling us to. All right. Given the lateness of the time, I'm going to save some of this for the next program, and I want to just get to how exactly, what exactly are we talking about in terms of water fasting? Um, If you've never fasted before, you're probably pretty toxic, and um, you need to prepare yourself before you begin fasting. And by that, you should eat a very healthy diet for at least several days, healthy in terms of high quantities of fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds, and eliminating um, animal product food, eliminating processed food, eliminating junk food. And you also need to essentially be able to vacate the intestinal tract and the colon because you don't want a bunch of poison in you when you begin your fast. The the method that uh, Dr. Torre uh, prescribed, which I've used several times, and to me this is the nuclear war of fasting, is he uses distilled water. He gets a glass container, you know, that you could keep in your refrigerator where you would put lemonade or some other uh, liquid substance, glass containers, and he washes couple of vegetables, carrots, beets, and celery, organic. You don't want pesticides in these vegetables. Gets organic carrots, beets, and celery. Wash them, cut them into little one-inch squares. Fill the glass container, and the ratio is carrots, three ounces, beets, two ounces, celery, one ounce. Fill the container, and then you fill it with distilled water, and you put it in the refrigerator overnight, and the organic salt, the electrolytes and the minerals that are in the vegetables will leach into the distilled water. Then you drink the water. And that distilled water is full of these minerals and electrolytes. It causes the electrolyte level in your blood to stay positive so you don't get that crashing, oh, I'm dying feeling on day two or three. 
and it allows you to fast well beyond just a couple of days. And the fast, it, it will begin to detoxify your body around day seven. Prior to day seven, you will get clearly, you'll get spiritual benefit from uh, fasting even a, a day. There's actually a benefit to fasting, as, as Frank, you mentioned in a prior program, where you stop eating at 6 or 7 o'clock at night and you don't eat for 12 to 14 hours while you sleep. Even that level of fasting has health benefits, but the real detoxification benefits occur when you do the long-term water fasting and you go out past day 7, because on day 7, everything changes, and the body begins to purge itself of toxins. And they come out of your skin, they come out of your tongue, it comes out of your nose, it comes out of every part of your body. And you'll be amazed. The average American, if you've never done a serious detox regimen, the average American is carrying pounds of pesticides and heavy metals and toxic chemicals in their systems. For example, the, the genetically modified food that we eat is sprayed with a pesticide called Roundup. The key ingredient within Roundup is known as glyphosate. Glyphosate is a chelation blocking chemical that blocks the absorption of essential nutrients. That's how it kills all the bugs. When the little pests eat the plant, they ingest the glyphosate, which is in the plant. You can't even wash this off of these vegetables or fruits. It's in these plants. The pests then die because they can't absorb the nutrients. The glyphosate is such an effective killing agent. It actually came out of Agent Orange, which came out of essentially the chemical weapons that were designed for World War I. So, you know, this is the chemical industry that was really good at killing everything, looking for a way to, hey, you know, chemical weapons have been banned and uh, we're not having a war where we're using chemical weapons. What can we use our wonderfully these wonderful chemicals that kill everything, what can we use them for? Oh, let's use them for producing food. Let's spray them on the food supply. And they, they, out of this came glyphosate. Well, the glyphosate kills all the microbes in the soil, and so the soil is now becoming very, very unhealthy. And when you eat the genetically modified foods, you're ingesting the glyphosate. It blocks the absorption of four essential amino acids inside of you. As a result, your DNA and your RNA is not replicating correctly. It's folding improperly. So we're becoming genetically damaged. You know, if you care to do the research, there's some wonderful seminars, you know, 40, 50-hour programs that are available on the Internet where the medical scientists, the top PhDs in microbiology, talk about the, the long-run impact of glyphosate on the human organism. And the leading experts in the field believe we're facing an extinction event on the planet within the next 40 years simply because of the impact of glyphosate in your food. And if you're not eating organic, non-GMO food, if you're eating corn or soy or a number of other foods today, you're ingesting glyphosates. And, yeah. and that's just one of a thousand poisons. Well, with the fasting regimen that the Lord has commanded, your body will naturally expel those out of your system. And as your body becomes clean, as the Lord begins to cleanse your body of all this toxic poison, your mind will get clear, your discernment.
discernment will return. Your health and vitality improves. Your depression will leave. Scores of diseases, incurable diseases will suddenly reverse. And God's remedy will heal his people. Now, why don't the medical practitioners of the big pharma companies tell you that you can get better through fasting or eating non-poisonous food? Well, they, they don't make any money telling you about fasting. They don't make any money getting you healthy. They make a fortune selling you drugs that alleviate your symptoms while allowing you to continue sick. And so we're the sickest country in the world. We are the sickest church in history. God is not going to have a sick remnant. The remnant will be healed. And one of the ways that God is going to heal the remnant is through giving them the knowledge of the situation that we're in, as well as the remedy that he's already prescribed in Holy Scripture. Amen. And I guess we'll pick this up for part two. Praise God, because we're just getting into the meat of this message for sure, Benjamin. I'm looking forward to next week. Uh, I I wish it was already next Thursday. Uh, Folks, we're going to shut this program down, but I want to leave you just with a couple quick things. Uh, Just to take this research a little bit further, you need to look into BPA, what you're drinking in your plastic bottles. Uh, Look at the research in causing feminism in young boys. Uh, you know this this, this uh, toxic just in we're in a plastic. You know, get yourself as Benjamin said. You know, the, put it into a, a, a glass container. You know, I mean, they're killing us from all different directions. And Absolutely. the good news is, you can actually detox. Even on Fox News, even has an article on how to detox from BPA which is causing all kinds of problems uh, and creating oh, yeah. feminism in young men. And, it's and, terrible. And just it's a hormone really, interrupter. And, you know, Frank, the, yes. the receipts that we get when we go shopping that are using a thermal printer, which is basically everywhere in the United States, that receipt, that paper has got BPA on it, so much so that you absorb a huge dose just by touching the receipt. Now, a few healthy stores, there is a non-BPA um, paper that they can buy. It's more expensive. But you know, when you go out shopping, if you don't need that receipt, say, no, thank you. You don't even want to touch that paper. And that's how dangerous the world is today. Who would have known such evil could come? Yeah, it's, it's, and it's actually also known as the, the gender bender uh, chemical. So anyways, yep. folks, we're going to pick this up next week. Listen, God has always been concerned about our health. It's not because he wants to be mean, but he wants us to have clear minds. And the good news is no matter how bad, how far off, how much you've struggled you've had, we can start today with prayer and fasting. Read Isaiah 58, preparing for next week, and the promises of fasting and what it will do. Uh, there's no sin, according to the Word of God, that cannot be broken and overcome. Read Isaiah 58. You'll find it out. Brent, Benjamin, we will see you next week here on the Remnant Call. And this is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin with the Remnant Call saying good night and shalom. Shalom.